one of the things that I hope we realize every time we come together to worship God, one of the things that we do is we recognize who God is and we respond to Him. So when you think of worship, that's what I want you to think of. We're recognizing who God is, and we respond to Him. And sometimes those responses look different for many people. But the response that we give to Him, He accepts because it's from our heart. As we talk about spiritual disciplines that we find in scriptures, they all do the same thing. And we're going to see this as we develop this over the coming weeks. They all help us focus on our relationship with Jesus. I think a lot of things that is going on right now in the life of a Christian has to do with this. We are focused on so many things And yet a lot of times our focus is not where it should be. That focus needs to be on our relationship with God. And so as we look at these spiritual disciplines, here's a way that I want you to remember these. And it's it's, it's with the word worship. And so I want you to look at this on the screen this morning as you consider the word worship, and as you consider the spiritual disciplines that we're going to go through, I want you in your mind to think of it like this. So you have the word worship in your mind. John, go ahead and go to the next screen. I want you to think of it like this. The W stands for worshiping God. And then when it comes to the O, it's, it's us opening myself up to God. It is me and my life, you and your life, opening yourself up to God. We open ourselves up to a lot of things today. How good are we of really opening ourselves up to God? When God sees your heart, he really ought to see the true you. Does that make sense? He really ought to see Everything that you are and the things that you are wanting to become in your relationship with him. You see, as we go through the next 10 years, as we look at this vision that God has for this church, and more than that, that God has for our life, I want us to realize it's not so much a step-by-step thing that we're going to go through as much as this. This is who we want to become in our relationship with God. We live in a culture today where it's a lot easier for me to tell you what to do than it is for me to show you in Scripture how we are going to become this person. We live in a culture today where we want a step-by-step process. Here are the ten things that you must do to grow in your relationship with God. Church, It's bigger than that. A relationship with God, God is saying, this is who that I want you to become as you draw closer to me. I like R. Relinquishing the false self and idols 
of my heart. All of us in here have idols of the heart. All of us in here, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not, a lot of times we give off a false self of who we are. God wants that mask to come off. God wants those true colors of who he wants you to be to really shine through in life. And so you relinquish the false self and idols of my heart. S, you share your life with other people. And you hear the word of God. And you incarnate Christ's love for the world. And in all of those things, we bathe all of that in prayer. Church, where would you be this morning without that avenue of going to God in prayer? You know, if there's one thing about this church that I love, we are a church that believes this one thing. Prayer really works. Amen? And we have people in our community that will call and text and do whatever it takes to get the word out to the people at Lamar Avenue Church of Christ because they know that we are a praying congregation. But I wonder this morning, it's one thing for you to pray for other people. Where are you personally right now in your prayer walk with God? It's one thing to pray for others, but what about the relationship that you share with God? How's your walk? How's your communion with God when it comes to the avenue of prayer? You see, as we progress in the spiritual disciplines, it's important to note that no act of spiritual growth happens unless we are truly doing this one thing, and that is drawing near to God. If there's one thing that God is crying out to us in the midst of all the struggles and the strife that we face today, God is clearly saying to all of us this one thing, draw near to me. Draw near to me. Cling to me. Look to me for guidance. Look to me for leadership. Look to me for direction in your life. Sometimes we look all over the map. And then we finally begin to look to God. I wonder what would happen in our walk with him if we would look to him first and then consider all the other secondary resources. There is nothing like going to God first and foremost with everything. I like how Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, he said it this way, the disciplines, also known as spiritual exercises, are best exercised, now listen to this, in the midst of our relationships with our husband or wife, our brothers and sisters, our friends, and our neighbors. And he goes on to say this is true not only because we are more likely to do them, but also that is how they are designed to be done. So think of it this way. Spiritual exercises are to be done in our relationships and for our relationships. Husbands and wives, let me ask you this question. When is the last time that you actually prayed together? Husbands, have you ever heard your wife pray? When is the last time? Whether it's falling off to sleep or whether it's 
at the dinner table or in your private devotion time together, when is the last time, spouses, that you've heard each other pray and talk to God? I believe there is something to be said when a husband and wife can spend their relationship not just growing in their love for each other, but their love for God. Spouses, when you grow in your relationship with God, you cannot help but grow in your relationship with each other. Pray together. Pray with each other. And then I'm going to add this. Pray with and for your children. It's one thing for us to hear our kids pray. It's altogether another different story when our kids hear their parents pray. Live that out. Model that out in your relationship with each other. In other words, think of it this way. My spiritual growth, your spiritual growth happens best when I do it with others and for others. Now I want to take you back 21 years ago. I was a young, young youth minister in Haskell, Texas. One night after church, one of my deacons named Robbie Pizer walked up to me. He locked up the building every night and we would uh, we would go around and lock up the building together and talk with each other. And one night he said, hey, Patrick, i got a question. He said, how would you like to start walking together two days a week? I said, man, that's a great idea. When do you want to start? He said, how about in the morning? I said, how about next week? I said, what time do you want to start? He said, 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I went, you mean 5 o'clock in the evening, right? He said, no, 5 o'clock in the morning so you can get home and get ready to drive to Abilene for school and I can get ready and drive 20 miles to work. Let's do it. I said yes. And for that period of time that Robbie and I would meet at the high school track two days a week, I can honestly tell you this morning changed my life spiritually. He was a man of God who I knew loved God and loved his family. And so while we walked the track together, we spent a lot of time talking about God, talking about faith, talking about families. You can't beat that. I miss Robbie a lot. There's occasions where we'll call each other or see each other and talk to one another, and we always go back to those conversations that we had around the track. And nobody will know but me and Robbie and God what we talked about walking around that high school track. But church, there was something about that because we were holding each other accountable. Now, in a physical sense, we wanted to exercise for our body and to feel better, but in a spiritual sense, it also helped us because we were connecting with each other as we were both trying to connect closer to God. There's something to be said as we're trying to connect closer to God for somebody in your life, whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, whether whoever it is, for that person to hold you accountable, for you to hold that person accountable. I believe that's the way that God designed us to be. And so this morning, I invite you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I want you to jump down to verse 7. Here's what you have in Timothy. You have Paul, an older 
person who is mentoring a young minister in life, a young minister by the name of Timothy. And so he walks alongside of him, and he points things out to him, and he teaches things to him that in turn, young Timothy needs to teach and pass on to those in the faith, to those in the church. And so when you look in the first six verses, what what you see is Paul is pointing out to Timothy how some of the false teachings were being spread around the church. And then in verse 6, Paul says to Timothy, he says, when you point these things out to the people, here's what you're doing. You are being a good servant of Jesus Christ because you are teaching and you're modeling to the church and to the people what Christian faith really is and what it looks like and what it should be in the first place. And then he comes down to verse 7 and hear these words. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Boy, we've heard that saying about old wives' tales all of our life, haven't we? He says, rather, train yourself to be godly. Now, whatever you have to do to remember that phrase, I want you to do it right now. So underline it, highlight it, write it down on a piece of paper. But do you see what Paul is saying to Timothy? Train yourself to be godly. Now, if he's saying that to Timothy, that means in my life and in your walk with God, we better listen up because that means the same thing for us. We are to train ourselves to be godly. If you're about to run a marathon, does that just happen one day? No. You train yourself to be the best runner, you pace yourself, you learn all these things that it takes to run a marathon. Can you believe it? That in our spiritual walk with God, we've got to slow down and we've got to realize what Paul is saying to Timothy is also so true in our own walk. We have to train ourselves to be godly. He goes on to say, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both present life right here on earth and the life that we are living for, expecting for, hoping for one day in heaven. Verse 9, it's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And that is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God. We have sung this morning. We have raised our voices to this truth. My only hope is God. My only hope is in you, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. You hear that? Train yourself to be godly. So here's what I want to do. I want you to think of this word. When you hear the word discipline, what do you think of? Discipline. What do you think of? I wish we could talk back and forth right now because I think we'd be surprised at what we hear with that. For most of us, we're probably writing down and we're probably thinking somebody's in trouble and you're getting disciplined for it. Okay, It has to do with that correction of being punished. That's the most familiar meaning 
when we hear the word discipline. Also, some think of the control that's gained by enforcing obedience or order on other people. But my question is, is this really what Paul meant in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7? The word, Paul, the word that Paul uses here for discipline comes from a Greek word called gymnazo. Now, most of the time, I'm reluctant to even say a Greek word from this pulpit because it doesn't speak. It doesn't relate to us. But we've got to realize when we, when we do the translation in Scripture, man, it's for a purpose. It's for a point. And when you look at it, this Greek word gymnazo comes from our word for gymnasium and gymnastic. And so it means to train or to exercise. Totally different than what most of us are thinking of when we hear the word discipline. And so this word conveys the idea of rigorous and strenuous and self-sacrificing training that an athlete undergoes. Or if you start an exercise program, the end of that first week, you're worn out, aren't you? I mean, you're wiped out. You're, you've, you've got muscles hurting that you didn't even know you had before. Okay, I mean, you're, you're being stretched in every direction. And so it's rigorous. It's that strenuous activity that you're training your body for and that you're hoping to get good results from. Well, in Paul's day, here's what happened. Physical fitness was the end thing, just like it is today. You could look around just like we do today, just like we have physical fitness centers popping up all over America, right? Why are they there? Because we need a place where we can go to and be trained to physically train ourselves and do better when it comes to our bodies. And so people go in these businesses and they open them up and we come to them for the purpose of growing and stretching and doing better in our bodies, trying to lose weight, trying to be a better person, trying to eat right, all of those things for a physical sense. There were people in Paul's day that did that very thing to take care of their bodies. And so there was great emphasis in the Greek culture on physical training and in gaining glory from the winning of athletic events. Still familiar today, isn't it? I mean, we go crazy about athletic events, and we will scream to the top of our lungs and cheer them on, okay? How many of you watched Dallas Mavericks and Houston Rockets last night? James Paul, get your hand up real high, okay? If you're a Maverick fan, didn't turn out the way that we want it to, that's why there's seven games, okay? We have more opportunities, all right? They go through athletic training year-round to prepare themselves for times like that. In a spiritual sense, what Paul is saying is, you take that word gymnazo from the physical realm and you apply it spiritually. And so just like you want to do better with your body, Paul says you need to train yourself in a spiritual sense, to be godly. Now, church, let me give you a no-brainer this morning. If you want to train yourself to be godly, you better be hanging out with godly people. Okay? And some of you are saying, well, that's a no-brainer, no-duh, that makes perfect sense. 
It speaks volumes to where we are in our culture and in our church today. We hang out, we associate with those people who are going to help us draw closer to God. Just like you want to help somebody else draw closer to God, you need to be with people who are drawing you closer to God as well. So sometimes in life what that means is, and we teach our kids this, adults, I'm telling you, we need to listen to it as well because example speaks volumes. We need to be careful who we associate with. We need to be careful who we run with. We need to run, and I'm not talking about in a literal sense, but we need to be with people who are going to help us draw closer in our relationship with God. Godliness. It's a right attitude. It's a right response toward God. Paul even goes on to say it is the highest of all the virtues. Listen to these words. Two different scriptures. One in 1 Timothy chapter 6. But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue. In other words, you go after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. What are you pursuing right now in your walk with God? I hope and pray that that list right there is not just a list, but that it is fruit, that it is life that is being breathed in to our life from Almighty God. Look how Peter says it in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so what is our ultimate goal? What is our ultimate goal as we are striving, as we're striving to discipline ourselves and trying to train to be godly? I think it's found in John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life that they may know you. I wonder what it means to really know God. I don't know about you. That is where I want to be in life. I want to know all that I can about God. You know why? Because He is the very one who enables us to have relationships with each other. This whole relationship thing is possible because of God sending His Son Jesus to die for us on the cross. His death gives us life. And that life is the hope of the world. And so, how are you doing in really knowing God better? I want you to listen to these thoughts in his book, A Passionate Pursuit of God. Listen to what Tim Ritter says. He says eternal life in the future tense 
is eternity in heaven with God. Eternal life in the present tense is knowing God personally right now. Eternal life in the present breaks through limitations and experiences the best that life can offer right now. And he goes on to say this, there are many Christians who miss out on that. And then he goes on to say, we do our duty as believers, but no passion drives us, no power enables us, and sometimes our very busyness for God masks the emptiness that we all really experience. And then we feel guilty for even being a Christian and having those feelings. And I want to come back to that thought in a minute. But he says, but when we encounter God as he is, our lives are irrevocably transformed. And as we craft our lives to better know him, we move from religion to relationship. We move from duty to passion we move from being frustrated to having the power of God come over us. Man, what thoughts. And I want to go back to where I think most of us are today. We do our duty as believers. We do the Christian thing, and we do it pretty well. Okay? But I think the next part is where we are. No passion is driving us, and no power is enabling us. And you know the scary thing about that? That is just us going through the motions, looking Christian. When inside, what does he say? We're just masking. We're just putting that mask on. To make everybody think, we're good, we're okay, when in reality, we're not. That is Satan driving that more than anything. But in Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That means anything that comes our way Doubt, sin, whatever it is that comes our way, God has given us the power to overcome all of that. And I think there are a lot of Christian people who are just paralyzed in their faith right now and you don't know where to move next. And again, that is Satan having you exactly where he wants you. But in our quest... And in our desire to know God better, when we move from religion to relationship, what we begin to understand is that is not the kind of life that God called his people to. God has called his people to much more than that. Amen? But do we live like it? Do we act like it? Folks, you can be as busy as you want to for God and still be a far way from Him. Busyness does not equate 
a great relationship with God. I'm not saying it can't, but I, what I am saying is just because you're busy for God doesn't mean that everything is okay in your heart. I don't know where you are this morning, but I can probably guarantee us collectively as Christian people, we struggle with that very thing. And God is the one who can bring healing to our lives from it. Think about it like this. We learn who God is and how to know him in deeper ways. And when those deeper ways of God come in to our heart, I don't think we're going to have those feelings. Because I think we're going to begin to realize the most important thing to me is really God and nothing else. And when we live that out, it's going to make all the difference in our relationships with each other. It'll make all the difference in your relationship with God. Pray for that. Pray for you to be moved closer to where God is in your walk with him. So from the message version, here's how it reads. 1 Timothy 4, 8. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more. So making you fit both today and forever, and you can count on this, take it to heart. I want you to take that to heart this morning. Take it to heart that when Paul says train yourself to be godly, it is for our benefit when we put that into practice. He is saying that for us in our walk with him. And so if there are things in your life today, if there's clutter in your life that you need to get rid of, do that. Because the love and the power of God can make that happen. It can make it happen every day of the week. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Father, for who you want us to be. And Father, there are so many times in our life that we fall short of becoming the person that you want us to be. And Father, we acknowledge that. We confess that to you this morning. And we are asking you to give us that strength and that ability to believe that what you say in your word can really take place in my life right now. Father, help us to fight off Satan and his powers and his will every day. And help us in our heart to believe that you are the one 
that has called us to life, not him. You are the one that gives us life. You breathe life into us. And as we live life for you every day, I pray, Father, that as a church and that as individuals, we can do whatever it takes to grow closer in our walk with you. Help us, Father, as we train in a spiritual sense to be godly people. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we stand to sing a song of invitation this morning, some need to come and confess the great name of Jesus. To be baptized, you can go ahead and stand. To be baptized in his name so that you can receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. What a great place to be in Christ. Some of you may need prayers in a public way. We have leaders down here this morning ready to assist you in whatever way that we can. But more than anything, we want all of us, God does, for us to draw closer to him.